in Miami going for the three right away. Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound, box. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Bang! Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! The man's there with the hood fire now. Welcome to a Inside Podcast Network NBA podcast. I am your host at NBA G Wiz, also known as Manny Garrett. And Mr. G, because it says here on my cup, Mick Dell. Hello, Mr. G. How's this? We get to talk to NBA to the millions of Inside Fantasy Sport followers. How good is this? Mate, it's absolutely huge. Much love to you, Mickey Dell. Uh, of course, you're also known as at B1GH0RSE dash, which is we call the big horse. And you can check him out on all of the socials as well. We're going to get down to do something today, which is a little bit fun. It's a bit of a chopping up of the first NBA mock draft really that we've come across for the 23-24 season. Uh, last Monday marked the first fantasy mock draft of the 23-24 season through Roto-Wire. Um, a handful of the NBA faithful participated and the rest of the crew was put together via Twitter. Um, thanks to our good friend Alex Baratha over there at Roto. Uh, we're going to chop it up. Mick, what were the cats? You've got it there in front of you. What was the general format used there, mate? It was an eight-cat one. What was the? Uh, what were you looking at? Positionally. How many Positionally, Gs did you get out of it? How many Gs? Not many. It's three. What? <laughs> Three Gs. It was three guards, three forwards, one center with three of those flex spots, um, which you call your utility players, and four reserves. It was eight cats, 12 teams, 14 rounds. So basically your everyday draft, apart from like that 20-player one that we did in ESPN last year. That's right, yeah. Mate, who are you taking number one? Who's the consensus, Mick? Uh, for me, Nikola Jokic, 100%. There you go. He yeah. scores. Every day of the week. He rebounds. He assists. He blocks shots. He's so good from the field. He shoots threes, good free throw percentage, triple-double if that's a category in your league. The guy does everything. And he takes his shirt off and he dances and he signs shirts for people over after his horses won a race. We love yeah. that. The footage came out yeah. today on, 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 on Twitter. And I was like, look at him go. He's looking a little bit lean. He's looking a bit happy. He's got a bit of spirit about him, the Joker. And yeah, look, number one, he went, uh, he's going number one in that draft. He's going to go number one. So unless you get the number one pick, don't hope and pray that you're going to get Nikola Jokic uh, unless you trade for him and you give up a ton. He was actually the second ranked player last year behind Joel Embiid. We all know he took his foot off the gas uh, second he half did. of last season. So uh, look, let's be honest. He probably won't do that again. The team is not as deep. You'd mm. say that the Nuggets are, they, they, I mean, they're, they're decent, but, you know, Bruce Brown going, um, they're, they're probably going to need him. Uh, Reggie Jackson is now the guy instead of Brucey. So, I yeah, mm. I don't like that. Don't like that at all. But he's going number no. one. Number two, I guess, is the other number two player from last year, number one player, the uh, two MVP candidates. And last year's reigning NBA MVP, uh, Joel Embiid was taken with the second pick. Mick, no problem there with that? No, not at all. I had him last year. Uh, I stupidly traded him off to try and get more depth in my team and realistically should have held on to him. So love him. He does a fair bit of everything as well. So yeah, if you can snag him at two, you're doing well. Now, what we're going to be doing, if you haven't picked up, we're going to be going through, let's say, maybe the top 25 of this one and also then picking out some outliers, some guys who are like, wait a second, we don't, we think they've either jumped way too early on this guy or they've jumped too late. But also, just to give you an idea of what you can be looking at. So if you haven't seen this yet, absolutely go and check it out. It's at uh, NBA.com, and you can check it out if you search it through Rotowire NBA Draft 23-24. But we thought we'd have a look at this, Mick, really just to give the punters and ourselves a bit yeah. of an early insight about what's coming up and what we can expect in the year ahead. Yeah, for sure. There's some, some names that are jumping out here that both of us have agreed that are too high and some mm -hmm. that are outside You know, your top 20 that – could potentially make their way into a, you know, top 15, 12, top 12, sort of statistically best player in the league uh, conversation by year's end. So let's get cracking. Mate, absolutely. Uh, first, uh, the first one where, like, this is a bit of a split one. Tyrese Halliburton in this draft was the third pick. 
Last year, Tyrese Halliburton was the 10th ranked player overall in NBA fantasy. Uh, he only played as well 56 games. Do you want your third pick to play 56 games, McDell? No. No, I don't. No. I love what he does, but if you're picking your first ranked player, you want production. You also want games played. Hence why I'm a little bit funny on Anthony Davis as well, because he gets hurt at the, you know, the strength of a strong breeze coming through the building. So <laughs> but for me, it's trust. I need to trust that my top ranked player is going to play a lot of games for the season. And just to give you a bit of an idea as well with Tyrese Halliburton, because of his injuries and everything else, the last 30 days of the regular season, because of that, he is not in the top 20 of players. And at the end of the day, you want, obviously you want a guy like Tyrese Halliburton. I'm not telling you to not draft Tyrese Halliburton. He's incredible. And I think he's going to be probably even more efficient this year by having Obi Toppin in the squad. Again, he's one of my little, my, my sleeper guys. and I'm happy to put him out there for everyone. But Tyrese going in the third pick, look, the fourth pick was Luka Doncic. And by extension last year, Luca was ranked the 14th player according to hashtag basketball at the end of the day. So again, for these top tier players, and if you're in a 12-person draft, they're going to be flying off the board in this, maybe not necessarily this order. I think Tyrese could slip. Luca has the name. You'd probably say your more casual guy, even some of your experienced punters would probably side with Luca over Tyrese possibly. I wouldn't say I'd do it, but it's probably there. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say, isn't it, with Luka Doncic and Kyrie sharing the backcourt there at Dallas. Usage-wise, is he going to get as much of the ball or, or is Kyrie, you know, going to play his isolation-type game? So, like, for me... And Kyrie, yeah, right. Kyrie ended up being the ninth player above Luka. Mm, you're, you're back. That's right. Yeah. So, for me, I'm, I'm probably tipping Tyrese over Luka this year. There you go. So if you're looking for him, you're probably going to nudge him up and you're thinking where you took him last year, 100%. He's in that first round. Uh, this was the big one that I'm straight away, I think it's a bit egregious, but I think it's like a little bit of a smack in the face. Um, look, he can act in an Adam Sandler movie, but I don't know if I'm taking Anthony Edwards with my number five pick. Didn't you just bring him on a, up on a recent podcast where stats definitely don't back that up? Yeah, uh, yeah, hundred percent. In the, uh, we did the minutes recently. I did a bit of a pod having a look at previous minutes for um, NBA players, and he played. I'm pretty sure last year it was the second most minutes in the NBA. Uh, I'm just let me bring it back up. Here we go. I had it from the other day from a pod. Oh, here we go. Anthony Edwards. He played the second most minutes behind Mikael Bridges. Uh, tw- Two thousand eight hundred and forty-two. He finished the season with that ranking at thirty-seven. Now, that being said, you've got to probably do a bit of a compare and contrast with what other stats and information was out there in the last thirty days of the, of the like after the trade deadline, basically. And he still wasn't top ten. So for me, I'm like, okay, D'Lo left. He still didn't fill that void necessarily. So he ended up being the twenty-six player again mm. at the end of that in the last thirty days. I am not wasting a top 12 pick on him. So I think you can definitely look to take Anthony Edwards later in your drafts. If people are taking him, I mean, yeah, they're throwing the bag at him, but I don't think he's a first round throw the bag at guy. No, I'm 100% with you, Maddie. And remember early on in the year where he was a little bit disgruntled because of the lack of space with Towns and Gobert in the starting lineup. They're both healthy again now. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in Minnesota and whether Mr. Towns is going to be a trade chip. Well, this yeah, we're talking about that before. We were looking at the uh, mm. detail. In this draft, in the uh, in the one for this 23-24 season, Carl Anthony Towns, there's some, I don't know if they're just high on Minnesota or what the hell was going on, but he was taken with the 18th pick. Now, he is a trade chip. Uh, if he goes and he goes to a contending team or a team, unless he's the focus of an offense like he was in Minnesota before Ant, before his mate D'Lo came on and we all had him as a top five, top six, like, oh, mm-hmm. Kat, Kat's a stat machine. Like, he's not a top 18 player. So I'm not drafting him in the top two. I mean, you kind of have to because it's cat, but I don't want to. Like, I don't want to do that with the 18th pick overall. In fact, last year he ended up being the 28th most uh, best value according to hashtag basketball. Do I want to waste the 18th pick on that guy? Absolutely not. So that's one of the other standouts for me that I'm now down there. The next one, the sixth one, uh, I'm 100% in on having not a – it's not a bounce-back season because he's Steph bloody curry. It's not a bounce mm. back by any way, shape, or form. But Jordan Poole's not there. So I think there's more of an opportunity for him to play. I think um, Chris Paul can set him up nicely with the Warriors, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. We called it a little while ago. And it, actually, it was on our first NBA podcast that we we rolled for Insight Fantasy Sports where we thought Chris Paul would end up at the Warriors. And bada bing, bada boom, here he is. You called it. I think you called that. I think it's going to allow Steph Curry to play a little bit more off ball. 
which yep. may mean rolling off screens, getting himself open, more three-point attempts. It could work in Curry's favour here. A hundred percent. And look, at the end of the day, I'm predicting that Chris Paul is going to be the sixth man of the year. Uh, if you can get uh, sideways on that one, Chris Paul, sixth man of the year. It's definitely, if he can accept his role as like, hey, I'm older, I've moved on. I'm trying to win a championship here. I'm the good soldier. And he still does his thing. Uh, and more efficiently because he doesn't have that pressure of being a starter like he did in Phoenix. Uh, I think there's definitely a pathway for him. He's going to be one of the guys who slides in your draft, and he's definitely one of the ones who's lost opportunity, but he can make the most of the opportunity given to him and Steph Curry's value there. Uh, number seven in this draft was Jason Tatum. No problem with that whatsoever. He was the eighth-ranked player last year. He's not moving. KP there is going to give him some spacing. I love it. The eighth player was Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who finished fourth last year. So bang, bang, bang. You, you love Shea, don't you? Oh, I love him. I think he's fantastic. And I yeah. think with Chet coming back, it's going to increase his output again. Can I, his stats, these are, he played 68 games last year, which was, he was like 510 from the field, plus 900 from the free throw line, 31 points a game, 4.8 rebounds, 1.6 steals, 5.5 assists. There is a first round player. Shea Gilgis Alexander is a must grab. You can build around that one. Like he's not like an all-time high. Like, like if you look at your stat leaders, like Damian Lillard got more assists. He was the fifth ranked player last year, right on his heels. But I've said it before and I'll say it again. I do not trust Damian Lillard. And I hate to say it. I don't trust Damian Lillard in my first round. He went in this draft as the ninth pick after Shea. Um, and this is pretty much like last year. Shea finished fourth, according to hashtag basketball. Damian Lillard finished fifth. They've slid in this draft. Anthony Edwards miraculously has risen. Tyrese Halliburton deservedly so has risen. But what do you think of Dame? Yeah, he's he's not on my radar. No, you can't trust someone that's openly said he doesn't want to be there. So uh, who knows? He may still be with Portland and not playing at the start of the season. Let's see and and this is – yeah, 100%. And if he's there, mate, look, he's a good soldier. He'll play it like, yeah, I'm mentoring Scoot and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day, Damian Lillard is a guy who's played good soldier for years. He's been there, but he wants to go elsewhere. And he could very well change his trade demands. He could be like, oh, yeah, like – we've seen it before, haven't we, Mick? We've seen it before where he's gone like, oh, yeah, I'll now be a uh, – oh, you know what? Uh, I'll be a Laker or maybe a Nick. Or maybe I'll be a Brooklyn Net. Uh, I could be something like that. So what we really want to stick on is doing the best of both worlds, looking around what we can get and going from there, yeah? 100%. Spot on. Um, number 10, I was surprised. He was your highest usage player in the NBA last season. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the freak. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the, the big G. So 10th overall, yeah, I for me, still top five player. I think they did have yep. a bit of a down year last year. You can see they're a little bit disgruntled towards the back end of the year. Bud's gone, new coach coming in. I think we see an uptick in um, in his statistics this year, and I think you see Bucks, you know, trending towards the back end of the year to compete with the likes of Phoenix and these sorts of teams. So, yeah, and at the end of the again. and on the uh, minutes play, he ended up being the 68th ranked player last year. And that's something you just unheard of. His efficiency was right. down. He was 500 from the field. His free throws dipped. 31 points a game, 11 rebounds is great. But this goes to show you as well with your usage, it doesn't always translate to value in your NBA fantasy draft. But it just seems absurd. It's absolutely ridiculous to say the words, Giannis is not a first-round player. It's dumb. I don't want to say it, but he's not going to be going. He's, not, he's going to be going in your first round. But if he has the same season as he had last year, there are going to be better players, obviously, categorically speaking, that you would take ahead of Giannis, who some say is the best player in the NBA. So it mm -hmm. seems a bit like smack in the face, just to say, because one of the other best players in the NBA was taken with the 11th pick. And I'm not quite sure I'm there on Kevin Durant being the 11th best player. Um, how do you feel about KD? Because he was the third best player last year in a split situation, but this new bringing the Beal into Phoenix, where does, where does that sit with you? Yeah, statistics-wise, you're looking at, you know, he comes across as elite in four statistical categories, field goal percentage, free throws, points, and blocks even for Kevin Durant. But when when we're talking about the Phoenix team, you've got Booker, you've got Durant, you've got Aiton, you've got Beal. Everyone needs to eat. So usage is going to be down right across the board. One's going to have a hot game one game. One's going to have a hot game the next. I think they're going to have a hard time keeping everyone happy. So... I, if he was available at the back end of the first, yes, but he's not a top five to top eight pick for me this year, no. Yeah, look, we've got Nathan Hand, who's um, 
works with some of the Suns podcasters over in the States. He's going to come on and do a preseason uh, preview with us at the Phoenix Suns. So I'm really curious to get his thoughts. Of course, if he plays, he's elite. Like Kevin Durant is an elite NBA basketball player. Mm-hmm. They might take him in my first round. Again, it just seems, doesn't it just seem absolutely shocking to say that I won't take Kevin Durant in my first round? But I just don't, I feel there's better play. I, I, like, like Anthony Davis in this draft went at 14. I'd probably take Anthony Davis with the question marks. Again, I have serious question marks about LeBron James, like yeah. being healthy next year. Like down the stretch, he was, Anthony Davis was the sixth best player, according to hashtag basketball in the last 30 days of last season. And guess when that mm-hmm. counts, ladies and gentlemen, your NBA playoffs. You got mm-hmm. smacked in the playoffs of our, one of our fantasy leagues by Anthony Davis at a team because he was just doing everything to pull the he Lakers over everything. the line. Yep. Yep. 100%. And so, yeah. Yeah. I'm probably taking him more mm-hmm. in my first round than this mm-hmm. one. Um, we'll get through, through some names quickly. Don't have any problems with these ones. 12 and 13. Uh, Trey Young and LaMelo Ball. LaMelo coming back off injury. This is where he kind of went the season before, before he went down. So it's probably yep. ballpark. We've got Anthony Davis at 14. James Harden at 15. Kyrie Irving at 16. Like we said before, Kyrie was the ninth best player last year and actually really came on at the end of the season as well. Like he actually had some really good uh, flashes um, over in Dallas. So he was absolutely a player who I was like, oh, look at you. He, he kind of seamlessly went there. In fact, the last 30 days, Luca was the fourth best player um, down the stretch and Kyrie was the 12th. So I had no problem thinking to myself that those two guys can coexist on a basketball court and return value at the end of the day. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that one. I'm, I'm not so sure as to what you are, mate. Yeah, mate, you, you reckon not the, not the thing? No, I, I just, I can't see it working out long term. I think there's going to be frustration. Their win loss record at the back end of last year wasn't great either. They slipped out of yeah. finals contention. If they're not winning, there's going to be disharmony there. Yeah, I think that's, a, I think that was just a bullshit organizational thing. To be honest, I just think that was, a, I think that was mm. a cruddy organizational thing. Like, I mean, they had, does they're like, yeah. Like they're bringing in Grant Williams. They they picked up Derek Lively. They've lost Dorian Finney-Smith, who's a, a they really They did this nice for Derek player. Lively. Was it a payoff for Derek Lively? I think 100%, yeah, because they weren't yeah. sure what was going on. I think it was worth it at the end of the day. Like it paid off. Like the gamble paid off. And rarely do these things happen. Like we've seen it happen with playoff spots the year before with the Bucks, and they gambled it. They took it cheeky against Boston and then ended up getting out of the playoffs. So we've seen it happen before where gambles haven't paid off. But, mm-hmm. mate, I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm I'm – I'm I'm pretty okay with them both returning first yeah, second round like first second round value. I don't see yeah, them falling sure. beyond that. The next no. guy though, who I'm curious by is this is one because I've loved him for years. You know I've been hiding him for years. I know you like him. I know everyone loves him because he's the player's player. Mikael Bridges. He was taken with the 17th pick uh, in this draft. Mm-hmm. He had an absolutely cracking back end of last season, wasn't? Didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. He really came on when he got traded to Brooklyn. Had some monster monster games there. You, you can't replace games played. And this man just plays every game. You know you're going to get something every game out of him. Nice field goal percentages, defensively really nice, can shoot the three. He was even dishing out some assists towards the back end of last year as well. So, like, He really, yeah, took it on as a playmaker, didn't he? He really took on that playmaker yeah. role. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, him alongside Spencer Dinwiddie. I, I thought that worked really well there. Yeah, look, I like what Brooklyn – look – Cam Johnson re-signing, Dennis Smith Jr. there. Lonnie Walker is probably not going to play. He's going to be a bench guy. Again, uh, just today, I've seen Ben Simmons. He's back and Benno's back. Simo's better than ever, ever since he was a 76er. Uh, Well, okay, great. Show me. Show me that on a basketball court, Simmons. And then we'll be, or show me that in a, not on a basketball, show me that in a basketball court, wearing the green and gold at the World Cup and supporting your country in your rehab process, because that's probably going to curry a lot of more favor with you, with me and a lot of your fans. Mm-hmm. And people in general in the NBA community and basketball community actually playing games. That's a good thing. And like you said, yeah. mate, Mikhail Bridges does that. He was taken with the 17th pick. He is definitely going into second round. Funnily enough, at the end of last season, in the last month, he only played 26.9 minutes because obviously Brooklyn wasn't going anywhere. That weakened down mm-hmm. what he did a little bit. Um, and so at the end of the day, when you look at that one, he ended up being the Oh, sorry, that was his points per game. Uh, he ended up playing a, a total bunch of minutes down the stretch. He put up the seals. He put up the blocks as usual. He did his thing, but he ended up being the 44th ranked player because he didn't get the minutes and his efficiency went down a little bit. So this is where his efficiency was much higher at Phoenix, but it comes down. He's definitely worth taking a second, third round pick on. A 19th pick, Jaron Jackson Jr., who I snaked in a lot of drafts because he was injured last year. 
And he was an absolute monster. He was the 13th round player. So sorry, 13th best player overall in NBA fantasy, according to hashtag basketball last season. Uh, and that's overall down the stretch. He was the 22nd ranked player. Um, so I grabbed him in the fifth round massive. He's not going to return the same value this year as that, but he will for that 25 game stint with Jamarant. You just did a podcast mate with uh, Matty O'Brien about yep. like Jamarant and how to draft Jar. How does that impact the rest of the Grizzlies like him and Desmond Bain? Do you think? Yeah, you know, to start off with, I think it positively affects Jaron Jackson Jr., especially in the offensive end. Defensively, yeah. I think you'll be right right throughout the season, especially with Stephen Adams coming back and holding down the middle as well. So when and that's the thing, at, isn't it? And that's the thing. There was opportunity I, there because Stephen Adams was out for a lot of the last year. Yeah, I don't know. And yeah, you reckon, so you reckon he's going to space the floor a bit more? They're going to use him offensively? Is that not as the defensive presence that he was? I think you'll find when he's when he's in a pick and roll with Marcus Smart or one of their ball handlers, I think you'll see him popping a lot more, whereas Stephen Adams will be rolling to the rim a bit more. And then when they're playing the pick and roll with Stephen Adams, you can put you can put him in the corner and he can shoot the corner three. You know, so he's got many ways that he can score. Mate, he's, um, he was 23.5 points a game, seven rebounds, 2.4 blocks, a steal a game. If he could up his assists a bit more from 1.2, for me, that's value in that um, in that second round. I'm 100% looking at him there. He was the 19th pick. The 20th pick was the Don, Don Mitchell. Uh, love that pick. Love Donovan Mitchell. He was the 15th ranked player overall in NBA fantasy last season, and I love him at the 20th pick. It's a bit more value there. Uh, old mate, DeMontis Sabonis. Funnily enough, he got taken in this draft with the 21st pick, and last year he was the 21st pick overall or value overall from hashtag basketball. He's not, nothing's changing with DeMontis Sabonis, is it? Uh, I don't think so. If anything, he slightly increases in value there. I think the Kings, another year older, himself, mm-hmm. Fox, a bit more cohesion there. They've got a really exciting list there. I, I really like that team. Now, what we're doing right now is we're entering that, like in a 12-team draft like this one, we're coming back to the 24th pick. And that's obviously the turn where the first pick overall gets that 24th pick on that comeback around, and then they pick mm-hmm. up the 25 pick. So if you look at how they've built their team out overall, um, their first pick was uh, the first pick was Nikola Jokic. Great, mm-hmm. great first pick. But you've got to wait a long time between your first pick and your next pick. So you've got to make the most of it on those turns, especially if you're that one. So to see how it plays out, and I haven't done this exercise yet. Look, the first person to draft with the number one pick took Nikola Jokic. Then they took Kristaps Porzingis. And then they took Pascal Siakam. So the 24th pick was Kristaps. The 25th pack, 25th pick, 25th pack. It's Pascal. Pascal. Siakam. Yes, Yes, girl. And then you your second pick overall. And feel the G's. You Woo-hoo! strap yourself in and feel the G's. <laughs> and the second pick overall, you had Joel Embiid. They paired Joel Embiid with LeBron James and Desmond Bain. Now, getting back to that one, we've skipped over two after Sabonis that we want to touch on. Fred Van Fleet mm-hmm. was taken second. Look, that's a good shout. He's gone there. He went there. He took him before. You snaked him from me last year because I was the number one pick. You were the second pick. So that's about where mm-hmm. he went last. He finished last season with the 24th value overall. He's, again, he's going to be the man. He was a bit disgruntled, I feel, in, like in Toronto last year. He's going to have a good – his second round value, 100%. No problem. LeBron James at 23. Now, I don't know if someone was trying to be a goose and just take him because of the number and just put that on his back. LeBron James will not be the 23rd best player in NBA fantasy this year. He was no, the he 19th player last year. I just, he does everything. And I, again, I'm a mad LeBron fan. You know, I'm a LeBron fan. You love LeBron, mm-hmm. Mickey Dell. But I don't see him, like, if he plays more than 55 games, 100%, like, he's still amazing. His three point percentage last year fell off a cliff. Um, wasn't a fan of that. Still, he's getting you 29 points a game, eight rebounds, and six assists. The man's absolutely elite. Like, yeah, but I don't know if he's going to play enough games this year. Plays now. Yeah, it's games played. It's games yeah, played. I and I also think these, yeah, go on. Unless they've bought in the 65 game minimum for people that are going to win awards and be selected to teams. So if he's chasing that personal greatness, does this mean that he is going to play a little bit more and potentially some nights just not play as many minutes? I just, we saw last year, as soon as he got the scoring title, he was out for what, three weeks? Like, yeah. he didn't hurt himself in that game. He went off. He came back on, I believe, that game against OKC went into overtime. Yep. Didn't play. Had two or three weeks off. So, for me, 
if he's chasing that personal greatness and achievements, he's going to play the 65 games this year. I used to, I think I've also got a bit of PTSD with LeBron James. I used to draft him all the time. I used to be, oh, I love LeBron. Let me draft LeBron. And this is when I was like new to fantasy. And I was like, yeah. oh, let me take LeBron. I love LeBron. And I didn't win. Because <laughs> something would always happen. I didn't yeah. win with LeBron. I, I never won a chip with LeBron. I've always won without LeBron. I've never won with LeBron. But I love LeBron. I put me in like my all-time five. LeBron James is in my all-time five players. Love the dude. Like he's right up there with my goats of favorite players. Like, you know, we're old Charlotte Hornets heads. You know, give me mm-hmm. Larry Johnson. Give me Alonzo Mourning. You and I went and met Shaq last year. Give us the big fella. That's right. Give us LeBron James. Give us Michael. Give us the greats. And LeBron is like amazing. But I just don't like wasting a second round pick on him. If he slides in the third round, well, that's where I want to take him. Because he did finish as the number 19th player last year. And I love that. But do I want that in my team with the second round? No, I'm absolutely looking to move on to him. Uh, then we got to KP, second round value. I don't know. Like, do you think he's going to hold it down and keep similar value from what he got us last year? This year no. in Boston. No. Okay, so where are you looking probably to take him? Uh, end of the third round or mid-third round to into the fourth round. Why? He's not going to be the man in, in Boston now. You've got Jason Tatum. You've got Jalen Brown, who's just been paid more than Ooh. a day. You know, the man is filthy rich. Yeehaw. But when's he going to get the ball? He's going to be, if he's not in the pick and roll, he's going to be sitting corner. So he's effectively going to be an upgrade on Al Horford. Yeah, he might get some blocks and he might get some steals, but his point production drops. It does. And look, he might be more efficient because of it. But does he play almost like a glorified Grant Williams role? That's a good does he, does he play a glorif- Does he play a glorified Grant Williams role? I'm not going to say he is, but could he? Because Grant, I mean, I think he's, I mean, obviously he's a better basketball player than Grant Williams. Mm-hmm. And if they do run a double big rotation. So let's say like you're starting five just haphazardly and they don't start KP at the center. So let's say your center is Al Horford to start. Oh, Robert Williams will be your starting center. Yes, he will. KP at your power forward. You've got uh, your small forward being Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown being your shooting guard, and Derek White as your mm-hmm. point guard to start off the team. Uh, yep. That's a great. That's a great starting five. That's a championship winning five. A hundred percent is like the Boston Celtics are going to be bound for the Eastern Conference Finals again this year, barring injuries and whatever the hell bloody unfolded last year with those guys. But. KP is probably not going to be there. Like you said, he's going to fall into that third round value because of that usage. Because Pascal Siakam, he's the 25th pick. He's been taken after him. But he's going to see an increase in usage, I think, this year because Fred Van Fleet's not there. So they're really going to build around that core. Yeah? 100%. Yep. Totally agree. Who have they got to replace Fred at Toronto? Dennis Schroeder. He doesn't shoot the ball like Fred did. No. I mean, we love we, we, we love the we, we love the show stuff, but you were really high on Scotty Barnes last year. You was, took Scotty. Yeah. He's going to be the guy. I think this year they're really putting foundational pieces around him and OG Ananobi. So I think Pascal is going to do some things uh, and and be a better value pick than Chris Dapps at twenty four. I would be moving them around and looking Pascal mm-hmm. twenty Desmond Bain twenty seven, Julius Randall. Now again, this goes back to what I was talking about yeah. This is this is where I was going back to like the minutes played last the year. The, the, <laughs> he is the orange Julius was one of the big leaders in minutes last year. In fact, he was the, I think the fifth player at 20, uh, 2,737 minutes. He ended up being the 54th ranked player in NBA mm-hmm. fantasy. So he has no business in my mind no. being picked 27 in a mock draft. Um, twenty eight. Number, yeah, number one. Go, go on, oh, he loves just- a shot. Jack, oh, he just jacks up shit all the time. So yeah, he has never oh, he has never walked in, he has never walked into a shot that he doesn't like, does he? No, nope. Shoot your shot, boy. And this is surprising because Jalen Brunson was one of our big blowaway guys from last season. Yeah, we haven't even seen we haven't even said Jalen Brunson's name right yet. Now was one of the picks. So if I'm picking any of New York Nick, I'm picking Jalen Brunson. It's one of the three Villanova boys that they've got with them now. You yes. love the Villanova boys, don't you? I do, yes. You love your Villanova Wait boys. Wait a minute. That's the smartest thing I've ever heard anyone say about anything. If you were taken in New York, Nick, this season, you were taken before anyone else on that team. You were taken Jalen Brunson. He has got the keys to the kingdom in that organization over Julius Randle. Yeah. You were absolutely not doing that any way, shape, or form. Um, mm. Next up, Bam Adebayo, CJ McCollum with the 29th pick. That's insane. 
I don't, I'm, I'm looking through my forms. Oh, here you go. 70 bloody five. 75th. Yeah. He had a, um, he had a broken thumb or something. He was playing with a broken thumb last year. So well, yeah, but who cares? That was, yeah. That was part of the reason why his production went down. But I, I think if Brandon Ingram's healthy, he's the one that's rolling that offense there. Yeah, and look, who knows whatever goes on with the health in New Orleans? There's too many po' boy sandwiches, too many, too, too, too much bayou, bayou voodoo going on in New Orleans for any of them to stay healthy. You know what yep. I'm talking about? Like, I'm just I not agree. taking. You know who I'm taking before him? I'm taking Jimmy Butler. I'm taking Kawhi Leonard, maybe if he's healthy. I am taking anybody. Demar Derozan, True Holiday. I am definitely not taking as a point guard CJ McCollum over any of those guys. But this is the big one right now. We were talking about. With the 30th pick in this mock draft was taken Victor Wenbanyama. Boom shakalaka. Now, we all know he is going to be an absolute hot asset on draft day. Where do you take Victor? Not that early. No. Not for me. If we're, we're talking now about in the rookies third round. rookie productions, I think Chet is going to win rookie of the year, and I think his output is going yeah, to yeah. outlast um, Victor's this year. I, I think we're going to have one of those. For me, you know what? And this is going to, this is like, because I'm a bit of an old head. I'm going back to the Shaq Lonzo morning days. Mm-hmm. Two exceptional centers. Both of these guys have really light frames. They're very similar. Like back in the old day, Shaq and Zoe were very similar. Just muscular, big, strong dudes. Even Shaq was bigger than Zoe. Um, I think I'm just getting that vibe. I'm just getting like this whole, like your number, your number one and number two picks, basically, because Chet was a number one potential pick. Is going to have a massive season. Victor at pick 30 could absolutely put it up. I don't know if they play the stretch and risk him getting injured in San Antonio, if they're not being competitive, or do they just let him roll out to get rookie of the year and play him as much as possible? I don't know. They've got a lot of youth there, so they could totally swing that youth movement into full effect and and rest him some games down the stretch. Mm -hmm. With the 30th pick, it is a gamble, but we all know that he's going to fly off on your NBA draft boards. Victor Wembanyama is an absolute killer. He's going to put up the stats, but do you take him with a 30th pick? I'm not so sure. But he's probably going to go in every third round. 31 was Devin Booker. 32 was Larry Markinen. We just did a pod. I just did a pod on opportunity. Larry was the opportunity guy of last season. You love Larry, don't you? I had him. Yeah. yeah love him. Yeah. We had him. I and picked I, him up in the fifth round last year. Yeah, it was sneak. I, I, I got to say, hat off to you because this is how you. This is also how you should. You should be a sneaky son of a gun like Mick Dell because we did two drafts in one day. We did our mm-hmm. Yahoo one before our ESPN one. And I took that's Larry right. and everyone's like, oh, that's a great pick. That's a great pick in a Yahoo. So I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, I'm just going to, just going to, just going to take Larry again, <clears throat> low key and East Bend. And then the round that I was about to take him and snake him, Mick Dell took him from me, gave me the big middle finger and said, thanks very much, Matty Garrett. I take that tip. And he took him and you rode him and you absolutely crushed with Larry. Um, yeah. He is, he is brilliant. He was the 18th ranked player last year overall. So taking him again at the 32nd pick is pretty much sliding him down the ladder. John Collins coming to town could hurt him a little bit, 100%. Like there's, because I think Collins is going to be, have a solid performance in Utah. I think they've got a better culture around that team because we're going to get to one of your guys who got taken with the 37th pick in a minute, Walker Kessler. Mm. Yeah. He was the 67th pick. You love Kessler. Yeah, I had him last year. Loved him. Picked him up off waivers after might have been week three or week four when he started playing a little bit. And then, bang, yep. he was – I think one game he got like eight or nine blocks and won me yep. my blocks cat for the week in one game. Like, it was ridiculous. Uh, I, I really it, liked him. And he started yep. to stretch his game out. He's starting to shoot some threes as well. So, hopefully there's a little bit more development there. That early, yep. I'm not so sure. Yeah, 100% not taking him at 37. He's almost like, but if you look at it, like historically, he's becoming like a Rudy Gobert player. Utah just loves a big guy who can't shoot free throws. I don't know what that is historically. Like, no, no, it's fine. Just don't take him. Just don't, because he only took, you know, uh, 2.2 a game and he hit half of them. So Mm -hmm. pretty across the board there. Um, So yeah, 32 was Victor. Sorry, 32 was Lowry. 33 was Jimmy Butler. 34, no problem with Paul George there. 35 Someone's seen Paul George be taken and quickly searching Kawhi, realize he's still there and taken Kawhi with a 35th pick. 36th pick was Miles Turner. Uh, I love that pick on Miles Turner. I think that's great value if he plays like he can play, but I'm not so sure. He's going to go in that. He's probably going to go in the third, fourth round, 100%. Yeah. 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 Big shot. I can shoot the three. Yeah. Like him. 
Mate, take us through some of the next names on that list for us. Uh, pick us up at 37, Walker Kessler, can you? Of course I can. Walker Kessler, 37, Thank Darius you. Garland, 38. Darius, I, I think that's a bit bit long for him. I think he can come in a bit this year. He really started last year off on fire and then sort of he got hurt, didn't he, and missed a fair bit of time. Yeah, he played 69 games last year. Um, he is an incredible point scorer, wonderful distributor of the ball, gets a steal a game for you, 1.2. Uh, free throws are elite at 86%. Well, not say elite. Let's say nine, nine, 900 is elite, but still pretty bloody good. Yep. He takes 4.7 mm-hmm. of them a game. So when he gets to – he likes to get to the cup a little bit. You look, I like mm-hmm. my guys. I like my point guards who get about five shot attempts from the free throw line a game to draw those fouls and to get inside. So he meets that yep. criteria for me. His efficiency could improve 100%. Um, 463 from the field. If that goes up to 475, 480, or God forbid, it gets into that really elite zone like we were talking about to the Shea Gildas Alexander plus 500s. If it gets to Steph Curry at 490, that's the kind of, if you look at it like that way, like how field goal percentage can really improve a player's ranking, that's where it is for Darius. So he's at 463. Mm-hmm. Other point guards like Steph Curry, 493. Uh, Damian Lillard was 463, so very similar. But Damian Lillard has that high free throw percentage, like plus 900 um, and more points per game. But you're right. Yeah, I like that. Who else is on that list there, mate? Yeah, got Cade Cunningham and Chet Holgram, 39 and 40. Oh, I'm taking Chet there. One, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Chet Holgram. Yeah. I, I, look, he's, look, he's going to go early because he's going to have mm. that opportunity and he presents so well. He's a risk. Both him and Wenbanyama are the same. Their bodies, I don't know if they are NBA ready. I mean, Chet's a year older now and he's done some strength work, but that's what appeals 40 to just me, seems yeah. yeah, me too. But I just look, I I want him. I, I would love to t- put the both of those blokes on my team and, and just run it back and see how it goes. But I if I'm gonna get one, I'm probably gonna take Chet because he's gonna slide and I want to see where he yeah. slides to before I get him. Because I think Victor's just going to go earlier than Chet. Obviously, it has in this mock. Mm-hmm. I want to see where he goes. If he can, if I can get a round distance between them, not just eight picks or ten picks. If I can get a round and a half value between Chet and Victor, I'm definitely taking Chet there. Uh, Dejounte Murray though, with the forty-first pick. What do yeah, you think I of think that one? one? No, and well, this one, the number thirty-nine one, Cade Cunningham's one that interests me. He's got the keys to the city at Detroit. If he stays healthy. I think with the the players that they've got coming in, I think Detroit can be sneaky exciting this year. I think they're going to be sneaky exciting. And look, I took him at the end of the second round last year. I think with the 24th pick. Uh, On that 24-25 turnaround just before you, because I wanted a point guard there to stack my assists, because I got Jokic with my first pick. I wanted to add a playmaker and and just stack that assists and steals and and, and good, you know, and and those categories. I wanted guys across the board. Like I wanted double-double potential machines. Um, I look for double-doubles. I look for guys who can get me points and assist or points and rebounds, but also support mm-hmm. that with other cats on excellent efficiency. That's like a little bit of a thing that I look for. And I thought Cade was going to be very capable of that. Um, mm-hmm. Young Thompson joining them again, an opportunity, Jaden Ivy, more progression. This is double the spots down than he was going in drafts last year. So I think he could be sneaky value in that 39 is a hundred percent. Zion Williamson with the 42nd pick. I just don't know what's going to happen with Zion. I mean, Next. Him, like, like, I just want him to be healthy. Is, Look, is if he plays, be, uh, if he plays, and if he plays in New Orleans, because I yep. still think there's a sneaky chance he gets shipped out. Um, sneaky chance. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't know. I want players that are going to play more than 29 games a season. So, yeah, like I'd much rather take a a Brandon Ingram from the same team, or while we're going down, a Scotty Barnes at 50 over Zion Williams at 42. If I know Scotty Barnes is going to play the majority of the games. Yeah, 100%. And when we start to look down this list and we start to compare a little bit, we've got the names popping up now, like you're saying. Like Drew Holiday last year was the 31st ranked player overall. He's gone Mm -hmm. 45th on this sheet here. Um, There's someone who I find a bit of sneaky value in. And this is where I think think that Chet and Victor have an opportunity for somebody else. You get you a very good pickup in your draft. And I think that very good pickup in your draft is Evan Mobley. Now, Evan Mobley went off in this mock draft at the 51st pick overall. I think that's a sneaky potential right there for very good things to happen. I think absolute. that is absolute value that's going to happen. He was the 53rd ranked player last year. So he's been drafted where he is, but he has the potential to slide because the next pick off at 52 was Alperin Shengun. And Alperin Shengun has more of a chance. He was the 66th player last year. But people looking for that breakout potential, you know, that big step forward, Mick, that uh-huh. presents you opportunity to get someone who slides in your draft. Yeah. 100%. I see that yeah. head nodding. 
I see that head nodding. Delicate dancer. Love him. Yep. Yeah, we absolutely love him. And you want to find that's the guys that you want to take. Yes, indeed. Mm. They are nice. This is one that I'm really curious at with the 47th pick, Jordan Poole. Mm -hmm. We're having a pool party. Pool party. I will be putting a tip on him to win the most improved player this year. I think at Washington, I think he's got the keys to the city there. I think he's just going to you do all out. Yep, I really do. I um I did some interesting stats earlier. If you um for those of you who didn't hear that show, I did the opportunity knocks one, and I looked at Jordan Paul as one of the opportunity players of this season. I have a compare and contrast with his 21-22 season where Steph Curry was mostly injured. That's probably a better statistical profile to look at Jordan Poole. I wouldn't look at his 22-23 season. Look at him. Look down here. I think he was ranked – let me go back. He was ranked in the 90s, I'm pretty sure. On my show. Yeah, 96 player according to hashtag basketball last year overall. It wasn't – like that was his season last year after being punched in the face by Draymond Green, um, right. which we're still talking about a year later. Go Draymond. I like Draymond. Bloody hell, I like Draymond. Um, 21st, 22nd, 21-22 season, he was the 52nd ranked player overall. Now here, Mm -hmm. he's been picked up with the value of the 47th ranked player. So whoever's picked him up is looking at this as a compare and contrast. And he's just been taken after Zach Levine, who we don't know if he's long for Chicago. So Jordan Poole is a more appealing player to me than Zach Levine because he has a a role. He has a 100%, like you said, keys to the kingdom kind of opportunity to take the most of that. And that's where Jordan Poole is going to absolutely bring you back some, some assets right now. I like it. The, um, the next pick, 48, was De'Aaron Fox. 49 was Jalen Brown. Now, Jalen Brown has slid down that radar a lot. Why? Because at the end of the day, KP is in town. He's been past the bag, but you don't let that kind of guy go. You do not let a Jalen Brown go off your books for absolutely nothing at all. It would just be organizational suicide, and they don't want to do that. So they obviously pick him up. They obviously pay him the bag because that's what he's deserved for being that one. Last year, he was absolutely sensational, but I don't like his handle. I don't know if he's learned to dribble yet. So he's probably gone where he's going to go in your draft. Scotty Barnes at pick 50 is someone who I'm absolutely looking to bounce back. This is a mm-hmm. smart pick. If you thought he was sneaky under the radar, like I was, I've been saying, already there's early things that, okay, Scotty's going to be moved forward in Toronto, Mick. And I know you love him. He's going to pick 50 here. It's going to be an opportunity for a bounce back season from him coming 82nd last year, according to hashtag basketball, yeah? Yep, I think so, especially without Fred Van Fleet there. Himself and OG Ananobi and the spinny boy, Pascal Siakam, they're the three that are going to run the show up there. Uh, 51, 51 was Evan Mobley, 52 Alperin Shengun. Look, we yeah. like that value for Shengun around this yeah. this area. And he's, maybe he's not value. as well. He's Mate, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. I've, I've grown a few inches. You saying that. It's exciting. Um, <laughs> you know, we love Shengun doing Shengun things. Buddy Heald at 53. I love Buddy Heald. I always pick up Buddy Heald when I can. Uh, he was the 57th ranked player last year, but he's not going to have as much opportunity, I don't think, in look okay he's going to have a role in indiana it's there but i love obi toppin this year i am looking at obi toppin as an absolute sleeper i'm loving mate have you seen him and um have you seen mm-hmm. him and tyrese in these pro-ams mm-hmm. that chemistry mm-hmm. is fire this is going to be and then, exciting this is going to be yeah. exciting i am picking up obi toppin in my tail end of my drafts he is one of my absolute sleepers already i'm saying it watch it if he can up some of his areas higher efficiency, knock down his free throws, improve his work over there in Indiana. Here's a pickup, which means Buddy Hill is going to slide, maybe lose some opportunities. He's going to be a great spot-up shooter. He's going to do Buddy Hield things. Last season, Buddy Hield was the 57th-ranked player. So with Obi Toppin coming in, fulfilling that role, I don't know if he's going to be the same. He's probably going to drop back well into the 60s or the 70s. So that's where mm-hmm. I think that loses value. Uh, we'll top out pick 60 because pick 60 is very interesting for us. Uh Paolo Bencaro, 54. Uh, Bradley Beal at 55. Brock Lopez. Now, I picked him up last year, I think, in the 10th or 11th round. And he was. I picked him up. Yep. I picked him up in the 11th round. Yeah. Everyone's like, how did you pick him up in the 11th round? Because he was still there. No one touched him. He was the 25th best player, according to hashtag basketball. And no one's picking up because why? He's just, oh, he's coming back from injury the year before. I'm like, he blocks shots. He gets threes. He doesn't rebound well, but he does things on a great efficiency. I needed to buoy my field goal percentage up. He does that all right, but he can hit free throws for a big man. So he's not going to derail me there. And he brings me those out-of-position three-pointers, and he brings me block shots. So I had a ton of blocks last year by default. Um, This is where it got interesting for us. 57th was Jamal Murray. Now, 
Talk us about Jamal. Congratulations. You have reached your destination. Barbecue chicken alert. Barbecue chicken alert. I love him. I love him. Yep. Like, I, I picked him up last year. He started off slow, coming back from the ACL, really come on the back end of last year and almost won me the comp. Like, he was he was phenomenal. Uh, at, what is he here, 57? Yeah, yep. that, that's a nice spot to pick him. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Like, he was absolutely – he came on towards the end of – he found his feet and he won a championship because of it. So that that down the stretch there, he was doing nothing but incredible work. Um, I really love Jamal Murray at 57 because that's value. Now, that is an excellent pick because it remains excellent value and what he can return for you at the end of the day. Again, with movements in the organization, he is going to have – with Bruce Brown going, he's probably going to have more of a role – there with the Nuggets this year. And I definitely think it's going to be something that we can watch there. So if you can pick up Jamal Murray around that, you're getting absolute value. DeMar DeRozan in there at the 58th uh, pick. Excellent. Our other New York Nick that everyone seems to have forgotten about was Jalen Brunson. Uh, Jalen Brunson last year. Now this is where Julius Randle, he finished at 54. Jalen Brunson was the 50th pick. So Jalen Brunson dropping down nine spots in this one is probably in line. But again, you want him before you want Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. The 60th pick in this draft was Ja Morant. The no. 60th pick was Ja Morant. Now, I'm taking Ja Morant if I can get him. I might jump around early for Ja Morant. Now, I, I, have a, I kind of don't care so much about this. And this is why I know you and I differ and Maddie differs. Yeah. I will take an injured guy and I will ride that out because I'm drafting confidently to compensate for that off the rip. I'm trying mm-hmm. to draft value and higher rounds to be able to wear that guy I drafted Chris Middleton last year. I managed to move him off because he sold some flashes and got De'Aaron Fox in my team because I added some assets with him. So I look at what I can get and what I can do later with him. I am 100% taking Ja Morant in my fantasy draft if he's around at pick 60. In fact, I'm going to try and pick him above that, knowing that when he comes back, he is going to want to probably go absolutely gangbusters and hopefully stay out of the nightclub. In the last 30 days of last season, he was the 46th round value. And he only played eight games. In eight games in the last 30 days, he was the 46th best player in fantasy. If he comes back, he stays healthy, he's going to be a hot property, mate. Like, how do you feel on that one? Because I know you did that injured show with Matty. Yeah, I, I want to see him hang out with a new bunch of friends first before I pick him up in a fantasy draft. He's, yep. uh, he's, got, to, he's got to fix some things off court uh, first. I, I feel a bit sorry for the Memphis Grizzlies organization. They're stuck between a rock and a hard place because – there's players that have been caught with guns and shit before that have disappeared off the face of the earth when we talk about NBA basketball. So this man's very lucky. He's gotten second, third chances. I just hope he sticks with it and uh, and comes through. But when we're talking about fantasy basketball, you've got to be very confident that you can withstand not having him play for eight weeks before you get him back. It's half a fantasy season. So if you're, yeah, if you're confident in drafting ability and you can cover for that, awesome. But if you're not, don't touch him. Now, this is where we want to finish up at number 60, but we're going to give you some hot names that we prepared off air and where they were falling and some other hot names from your NBA drafts. Uh, following it on this one, taken in the uh, taken above, this is an interesting one. Number 70 was PJ Washington. He was taken above the 78th pick, Miles Bridges, because a pending suspension has been not handed down for Miles Bridges officially yet, so we don't know what we're getting with Miles. But we have to remember, he had an absolute breakout season before he missed all of last season because of off-the-court dramas. So if he's around in pick 78 – or He's definitely a value add there, Miles Bridges. Uh, yep. Jalen Williams, the Bronco, uh, you know I loved him. I picked him up last season. He went mm-hmm. at 75. The name before that, 74, was Kyle Kuzma. Now, I think Kyle Kuzma has top 50 potential this year. Absolutely. So I'm looking at Kyle Kuzma probably in that 60-ish range. I don't want to give up mm-hmm. too much value. I want to get him back. So if he falls to 74, I reckon that was a great get. Uh, we did say we were going to wrap it up with these two blokes because this is a tale of two guards. Your 72nd pick in this mock draft was Jalen Green. And your 73rd pick was Scoot Henderson. Now, mate, Jalen Green, what are your thoughts on him? He just he throws shots from everywhere, doesn't he? He doesn't care he where does. he's shooting the ball from. He's within if he's within 40 feet, he's shooting it. So I, I don't like that because it kills your three-point cats, your overall cats. Um, yeah, just nah, not for me. If he if now, he's there at in the 70s, potentially, but I feel like a player like that will go earlier. Yeah, I, I feel like he was ended up being in the 150s last year and the year before. We all think about that Jalen Green potential. 
from the end mm-hmm. of his last month after the post that all-star break after his rookie season That's where right. we're like, oh, if, this, if we can get this guy, if we can get this guy. I know because I traded for him on draft day last year to get him straight away. I put KCP in with someone else. I put a pretty good pick in to get Jalen Green back because they weren't sold on his potential. They were seeing his upside. I rode him all year long. I had to bench him time so I wouldn't lose – like a couple of matches mm-hmm. I had to bench him. It wouldn't like cost me my field goal percentage and my turnovers. I don't care about turnovers so much. But when you've got guys who have a high usage, they have high turnovers generally speaking. So sometimes you've just got to be like, what am I going to try and focus on to win? But Scoot Henderson at that pick, at the 73rd pick overall in this mock draft, I think that represents value because I think he could return down the stretch top 50 value, especially if Damian Lillard's in town. So that's the one we wanted to keep our eye on. Scoot Henderson could be your rookie pickup. Like Jalen Williams was for me last year, Scoot Henderson could be your rookie pickup if he slides in your drafts. He has all the potential to run the show in Portland. Once Damian Lillard gets out of there, Jeremy Grant's going to be doing his thing, but they're going to put the focus at the tail end of your season, which is your fantasy playoff time on Scoot Henderson. The man mm-hmm. is electric. Showed up in Summer League, McDell, didn't he? Yeah, loved him. He's got a bit of everything, doesn't he? He's got a bit of pizzazz, I think you can you can call it. But even just seeing rooting for his teammates when he wasn't playing, it shows that he's he's all in on the organisation, wants to be a big part of it as well. And if Damien Lillard goes, the keys are his. I know they've got Anthony Simmons there as well, Yep. but long-term-wise, the keys are his. Yeah, you got, you've got Simmons, you've got Sharpie. Um, You've got I'm for, I'm blanking on old mate's name right now. The other, the um the other powerful oh um oh I'm blanking. Help me out with my got, Portland Trailblazers. Nasir, they just picked him up. You got Nasir. You got Nasir, Nasir Little there as well. I like Nasir as well. Little uh, and it was yeah it was um I just said it. Jeremy Grant like the, Jeremy the, Grant, the yeah. it was jobs for mates. Jeremy Grant was a jobs for mates situation with Damian Lillard because Damian Lillard brought him over from Team USA and now Lillard wants to bail. So they've given him the bag, five years, 160 million. He'll play, but I don't reckon he'll play down the stretch. So they've got he'll be the feature maybe for a possible trade asset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can move that contract, which I think is a, a cool, shocking contract to try and move. But if they can move that, Scoot's going to, as you say, have the keys to the kingdom and put it up. Mate, that's going to do us. Check out the draft. Those are our first thoughts. Some of the way too early thoughts for this 23-24 NBA season. McDell, absolute pleasure as oh, always. you beautiful. Thank you, Thanks Jay. very much. The standard squeeze. Use promo code INSIGHT15 and get 15% off your swag. This has been an Insight NBA podcast. Thank you to the NBA team. All of the boys out there, of course, thanks to the Insight Podcast Network. Take care. Be well. Peace out. Peace. See ya.